You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you? The proud face said that I must eat this pie. This podcast is brought to you by Floppy Ears Fashion Emporium, where even an unwanted foreign queen can become the king of the rabbits. Always dress for success. Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 21, Floppy Ears and Plot Bunnies. I'm Rachel. I'm Jenny. I'm Jess. I'm Elena. So we have a special guest with us, as you just heard. We have Moff Elena from Team More Wine, Sir, the old podcast that we used to run where we would talk about Game of Thrones. Welcome, Elena. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you. Yeah, we're super excited to have you here with us. It's been a really long time since I got to podcast with you, so it's no like joke. Time. Yeah. Well, where we used to... I need an MS Paint uh, to uh, illustrate this one. I'm no. real ace oh. those. Yeah, I can. Uh, I was going to say we should probably bust out our skills for that. <laughs> we can use it for the uh, icon for the episode. Yeah, totally. Put it all up there. Uh, so this podcast today, we are going to do two things. One, because we have Elena here and she is a sort of expert on period clothing, we're going to talk about the fashion of Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire. And then to wrap up our contest that we had running on the Tumblr, we're going to talk about the crackpot theories that were submitted as part of the contest. Some uh, of them. Some, some of, of them, them will expand to uh, other episodes. And the fashions topic was also something suggested by a contest submission. So. Yes. Thank so you. Those are the, the – that, that's it. You guys built this episode, so if you don't like it, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> Have some more wine and yeah. pie. Enjoy. All right. uh, Let's see. Fashions of Westeros. Where should we start? I think that we should probably just look at it like as a regional thing at first and talk about how uh, fashion is shown in the north and the south of Westeros and then Essos. So we'll start with the north because I know Jess likes the north. She is our north representative. You are our north representative. How do you think the show goes about creating a northern identity with the clothes well do they i don't want to rant bad things about the show i'm like do they create (laughs) like i'm just trying to think of like an identity with the show because i think of like northern characters you know in the south what we're talking about in the north not like characters like sansa and Arya who find themselves in the south Right. When everyone was I mean? still happy in Winterfell, what did they? All right, so they like, like Winterfell. Well, blues. I know that blue. You know, the star colors are are gray, but you know, I noticed like Catelyn and, and Sansa, at least in those earlier episodes, are wearing like blues. And uh, I I don't even know much about fashion. <laughs> I feel like this is, like my worst topic, guys. <laughs> but like, I'm just thinking like blues, very kind of like I don't want to say like not sexy at all. Well, <laughs> you look at, like yeah, Catelyn because they're pretty not sexy at all <laughs> too cold well, to be they're sexy. very they're very it's modest weird. and covered up yeah clearly in the north like people are making their own clothes and it's not experts making their clothes exactly. because you know like sansa has that stupid knotted dress that looks like we made it hey excuse me <laughs> sansa made darth sansa's dress in like well she's clearly part. improved 
she went from being <laughs> making those knotted dresses to being like this amazing, like inspired by Alexander Freaking McQueen, like. And now she'll win Project <laughs> Runway Westeros. But, yeah. Well, I think I I don't know. I guess it's the Northers more medieval in their in their you know inspirations for the for the dresses, and of course there's a lot of fur and. You're right. People are more modest, and they, it does seem like they are creating their their own dresses. Is that because they're they're poor? Is fabric more expensive in the north? I think that's part. Of, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think. The woman like, who wears the dress must sew it herself. Yeah, I'm just. I'm, I think it's like Michelle Clapton. Like, what is she? I'm just thinking. Well, what is she to say about like the dresses? Yeah, it was definitely they were going for that with the northerners. As like you know, they're poor, they're modest, like and you know they're covered up, and it's simple. Like, they're simple people. They're, they don't need to be, um, I guess, elaborate or gaudy at all with their clothing because it's not really, it's not really a stark thing. I can't imagine like Ned being bedazzled out like over <laughs> oh in, right? Could you imagine Ned would be the greatest thing ever? <laughs> so Ned's chest hair just like popping out like a, a V neck. Like, come on, I can't imagine that. <laughs> Ned would Ned would never waste the body heat to do that. I mean, that, that, this is actually, I think, the, the most important point is the North is practical. They are pragmatic. And A, it's cold up there. And B, who gives a shit? We don't have time for that. Winter's coming. We need to be, like, rebuilding the fucking walls, not, you know, embroidering shit. So, I mean, I think I think that's a lot of, you know, why they have the, I guess, that characterization with their clothing is, is basically, you know, as y'all were saying, they're kind of simple, you know, unpretentious but also just very practical garments i mean it's the it's the plain um fabrics that are very sturdy it's linens it's wools it's you know maybe a cotton or something but it's in furs but it's not like the silks it's not these really like dainty fabrics that look like they're going to tear if you you know like walk past the wrong bench at the bar like right you, right <laughs> so that how does Catelyn feel about that? Catelyn's not a northerner. Do you know what I mean? And that's one of my issues I have with the show. Well, she does like, wear more color, and she has embroidery going true. on in a lot of her dresses. But I'm just, so she wore, she, like, the same dress for, like, three seasons. And just something I noticed about the show is, like, somebody like Daenerys gets, like, 20 new dresses a season. And then, like, it's the northern <laughs> girls get, like, the same outfit for, like, four seasons. I don't Catelyn know how really. is Catelyn is the Jorah of the Riverlands. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, she was wearing that dress for, like, four seasons. Like, yeah, the one with freaking, the weird, like, neck waddles. Yeah, like, you're <laughs> the lady of Winterfell. Like, the, you know what I mean? It's just, it's not realistic in that regard. It's like, would she only have one dress, Lady Catelyn? She has so, multiple dresses. They all just look exactly the same. Like, so she's a cartoon character, then. Like, you <laughs> yeah. open their closet, it's the same. <laughs> It wasn't, wasn't part of her, you know, kind of characterization that she is, you know, everything a, a, a lady is supposed to be. And part of that is, like, I guess, taking on all of the duties and the character of your husband's house when you marry. And so she kind of embraced that as, as Ned's wife, or at least tried to. And that's, you know, certainly one way that that would be reflected if, you know, if he truly doesn't value, like, having, um, you know, an exp- expansive wardrobe and, and dealing with, you know, I guess matters of his position in that way, then as his wife, she wouldn't she want to reflect his values of saying there are other things that are more important to us as the, the lords and stewards of this land. Yeah. Did Lysa wear a lot of different clothes in the show? Because I can't remember. I mean, I know there had to be like easy access for, you know, <laughs> Sweet Robin, but <laughs> like other than that, I don't I think remember. She had like two or three different dresses. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, 
Speaking well, of I mean, Robin, like Robin's going to spit up on him sometimes, you know, like you got to oh. you got to have alternative. Oh. Well, maybe oh, that's yeah. why, you know, like I feel like the colder it is, the less you're going to bathe. So mm-hmm. those, you know, that's kind of why they were in their crusty dresses. And then as you go south, <laughs> you know, people can like take off their clothes and, and get them wet a lot more often without risk of death. So <laughs> also to that point, and this is too much information, I apologize in advance. Um, <laughs> when you're in the south, like you sweat a lot when you're sitting around and it's relatively cold even if you're you know in heavy layers you don't necessarily sweat and so you know I know why Danny has 20 dresses and it's because you know walking around like in the desert or on the uh you know if if any of it's god if any of it's humid like it is here I mean my god you change your clothes like three times just sitting around your house in the summer in New Orleans with the air conditioning blasting because it's just that fucking hot like you can't do anything but sweat so it also seems like Danny doesn't wear a lot of undergarments. Yeah. So yeah. she's not, she's so her up. dresses are all sheer. Well, and the, you know, I, th- I think about, uh, I mean, before, well, before we get too into like the tow cars and everything, but it's like, <laughs> she's, she's sweating directly into her dresses, right? She's mm-hmm. not, right. she's not sweating into any undergarments. So she would change more often. Can't look crappy when you're a queen of the world, right? Jorah right. Mormont, however, that's why it's yellow. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Elena, Jorah is still wearing that shirt. Of so, course he is. You know. That's he, only had one. he only I had one. I hope that if we ever do get the Winds of Winter, I hope that, like, the yellow shirt makes it into the book somehow. <laughs> <laughs> like, he found his old yellow shirt lying in the streets of Marine and put it back on. Still smelled vaguely of Danny's perfume. Do you think that they were worried that some characters would be less identifiable if they changed their outfits too often? Like, Danny has the hair, right? Yeah. So she, you, can, you can always tell it's her even if she's changing her dresses. But maybe Catelyn, uh, you know, isn't as recognizable as, say, someone like Cersei. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I know with John and Rob, this sounds silly, but like part of the reason why they dye Kit's hair is to like distinguish him from from Richard, at least back right. in the day. Yeah, one's brown yeah. and one is black. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so that they do it with they do it with hair hair colors. I know that, and then just going back to I guess the Night's Watch. I mean, their outfits are like disgusting. They look like they smell. <laughs> Which is weird. You know what I remember when we would go and see like the clothes in the exhibitions, like especially like Arias and stuff. I'm trying to like get a whiff of it. Like this is the only costume she wore for like two seasons. I'm like, so it should like stink really bad. <laughs> they spray a lot of Febreze on it before yeah. they put them out. They, I don't remember them ever smelling weird. And you know, well, like, it's only Richard that's talked about the fact that he never had another costume. <laughs> <laughs> He's always complaining about that. That they don't wash his costume? Yeah. I think they just did it to him. Everyone else got clean costumes. <laughs> Even that yellow shirt has been washed. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, Jon Snow's cape was pretty filthy. The hair cape? The hair, the hair cape. cape. That has, like, poop and sweat just kind of, like, spread all through it. That's our Mormont's raven right there. It's the poop on the, on the cloak. You never see it, but you see he has where he's been. Yeah, exactly. Corn. 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 <laughs> God. It's like, uh, what's his name from The Hobbit? Uh, Radagast. Radagast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, that's horrifying. Uh, well, okay, yeah, so. Randall does not approve. 
seems like there are some families that adhere more to the like the house colors. Like obviously the the Lannisters are always dressing in red, and I don't Which feel is weird because in the book. Cersei never wore red. She always wore green. Yeah, because her eyes were green. Well, I think matching eye color is was a very big thing in the book because, like, Danny always wore purple to match her eye color. Right. Mm-hmm. But they don't do that so much in the show. It's just interesting to me because, like, Danny isn't wearing her house colors, and the Starks don't necessarily wear their house colors except for, like, John always wearing black because he's in the Night's Watch because that's a rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you have like the uh, the Martells the are all wearing their colors and the Tyrells. Yeah, the Tyrells, Tyrells are always are not, wearing their colors. They're not wearing their colors. The Tyrell colors are, are green. We show Tyrells like this like weird like blue, and like the Tyrells are green in the book. Well, well I don't know. Morris is usually wearing green. No, I think he's wearing that like light blue. I don't know what color blue you describe it. As. It's definitely not like Tyrell like book colors. It's like a house color for the show, but it's definitely not yeah. there. The That's the book true. colors of House Tyrell. It's always weird why they. I always wonder why they did that because there's no other house that's like green that I know of. It is a little more teal and gold rather than green and gold. But I mean, yeah, they still yeah, they not, have I mean, a identifiable look at least. Lots of flowers, I think, is what they. Yeah. Yeah. Florals. Elena, do you know anything about dyes? Like, are they? Do you think that maybe the show is trying to use like the most uh, realistic dyes like maybe green and purple aren't easy to make. Um, well, I, I don't I don't actually know that much about the uh, the dyes that would have been available. Um, uh, the medieval medieval period is not my strong suit. I know that they would not have had particularly bright colors other than um, a handful of things like red. I think was one that um, they were able to do, but it, you know that was basically like reserved for royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think. I don't know. It's, it kind of seems like green and blue would have been about equally, you know, hard or not hard to uh, to fit together. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't know why whether that would make a difference. But um, I would imagine, wouldn't it be like if it was located in the region for them to use those colors, so they didn't have like whatever they made their dyes out of, like in the north or in like the region. <laughs> so in the north, they're dyeing all their clothes well, with like crow poop and. <laughs> So, you know, if you, if you don't if you don't trade a lot, right? Because a lot of like uh, the dyes initially, at least in the history, where right, they come from the east, east, right, and then they get right. traded to the west. So perhaps maybe it was like maybe it's like that in Westeros, or they just don't care and they're not even like addressing that. It's like this is a fan <laughs> well, show. I think I think it's <laughs> well, probably I mean, that they they don't really address it. But I mean, you also have to think which, which part of the medieval era are they drawing from? Because by the point, <coughs> excuse me, by the point of like the Crusades. There is a fair amount of trade with the East, and so they're going to be importing the more fantastically dyed um, silks and brocades and things like that, and have mm-hmm. have access to them. But it's more if we're talking like really early medieval era that that's when they're going to have what's locally available and mm-hmm. a, a much more limited palette. I mean, the thing that always frustrated me about books of the show is like the way Martin describes clothing; everything is, just seems so bright and colorful, and on the show, it's like, oh, this is the more like colorless realistic version of it yeah and i mean in terms of danny and purple versus blue i mean i don't think she has purple in the show because her eyes aren't purple and it doesn't mean anything but she looks good in blue because she has blue eyes in the show yeah it just doesn't mean anything because the purple delineated the valyrian heritage lineage and 
you know, her eye color, but since that's not a thing in the show, they don't have the, to do it. Somebody said the blue was, like, her, like, with her Dothraki, like, her paying homage to, like, the Dothraki, because that was, like, kind of, like, Khal Drogo's color, and that was, like, her, like, remembering him, because she doesn't wear blue until after his death, uh, Drogo's death. Well, this is she's wearing her Dothraki outfits. Yeah, but it's only after that, like, she takes on blue as her, as her, her colors. Yeah, but the Dothraki didn't wear any colors. They just I know, but, like, I guess... This Browns is what's not, I don't know if it was I don't Michelle. Know. Michelle might have said this, the, the costume designer, and why she's wearing, like, why is Danny wearing blue? Because she doesn't never, she never wears her house colors in the book. Like, I don't remember no, if she's she wearing doesn't. black and red. Ever. <laughs> why do we all bitch about it? <laughs> I don't know. But, like, there's that Tumblr meme, like, that goes around <laughs> where everyone paints Danny in red dresses. And I'm like, but she didn't ever wear red dresses. I in did the find book a passage either. in the novel where she's wearing yellow and red in the pit. <laughs> One time she wore something red. But she Once. was basically on fire. <laughs> so. <laughs> the girl on fire. Okay, yeah. Anyway. We, we have the girl on fire and we have the Mockingjay in one, in one series. So we know why they chose not to go with the boob dress for Danny. Why do you think they've <laughs> decided to go with this kind of like girl of action, like dress trouser thing instead of the tokar? I have a theory hey, on this. I want her to think they want her to be able to move. Okay. What what, what were you saying, Elena? Oh, I said I have a theory on this. Um, and uh, it, uh, I think I think what they're trying to do is correlate um, different regions of Westeros to different um, kind of historical uh, regions as the um, sort of fashion inspiration. And so I feel like basically everyone from um, across the sea is like the Indian subcontinent. And so um, that's more of like the, um, like this almost sorry, I don't want to say like sorry look because it's not the, like the wraparound sorry, but it's the, the, the trouser tunic sort of look or the mm-hmm. harem look or something. Which is interesting um, because I feel like the tokar is a sorry. Yeah. Basically I think a tokar is supposed to be a sorry. So this is probably, I don't know, some more hybridized, modernized, or, or- maybe trying to be less, Ethnically, I was going to say, like, I, think, I think that maybe they were trying to say, I don't want to dress her up in a sari and or some sort of kimono because, oh, because there'd racist. be like <laughs> outrageous cultural <laughs> appropriation screamings on Tumblr, right. yeah. which they do anyway for all the Dornish stuff. Oh, we haven't even gotten to Dorn yet. Don't even get started on Dorn. <laughs> oh, I know. The racial rage section is there for you. <laughs> the Well, like, because it's interesting because in the book, you know, she's always talking about how stupid the clothes is, and, uh, the clothes are. And this isn't something that they're really diving into, at least yet, with Danny. But her rejection of the culture that she is sort of trying to rule you know in the book she's always talking about how their clothing is stupid she doesn't like their hat and it takes too long to she can't move in it she takes too long to put the clothing on and it's ugly and why does anybody wear it and it's effeminate why do men wear it all that stuff and so i think they maybe are touching on it thematically in the show by just having her not dress like them at all so she's still apart from them but she's not actively criticizing it I wonder if they'll address that this season at all. I'm just saying, like, in the in those uh, uh, spoiler photos that we talked about last podcast, she's just wearing the same kind of, like, dress tunic that she always wears, just a different that's color. That's true. Yeah, that's that's true. She doesn't have the, the weird scrunchy Tokar show version that you hate so much. 
Oh God! That you so that funny. you went on and on about for like twenty minutes in a podcast. Sorry, I just didn't understand <laughs> why if she's so anti-slavery, why she'd be wearing all those like all that shit around her neck. Anyway. Oh no, I agree with you on that count. But yeah, because you know I don't know I, I what I remember from the books is her bitching about like the beads and like the or the pearls and like how there's always the hanging off of it and how it doesn't like clasp like she has to hold it on so if she moves wrong the whole thing will just fall off and how she just felt restricted and and forced to comply with other people's wishes and And she never knew how to wrap it because it said they had to like rewrap it three times to get it to work right or something right because she didn't have any maids that were from there like all of her maids were from were like dothraki imports so they were like we don't know how to put this on you <laughs> what about all those children she took hostage <laughs> well that's true all those little all, i guess they're not birds what are we calling them uh hostages yeah i got it <laughs> <laughs> okay fine they were. those hostages that she does no because they're always running errands they don't dress her I don't know. I know. Anyway, but I think could. it's really interesting that they've just put her in this weird little outfit and they just kind of changed the colors. But from white to not... blue and back to white and back to blue. Yeah, that's the, that's all she wears. Uh but I guess we can talk about we can go back to Westeros and talk about why certain houses only get to wear one color like the Martells and the yellow, the all pervasive yellow. Hey, Doran's wearing purple. Well, it's purple with yellow. That's true. Very pale purple. And they, and it's true. also very, like, the fabric is very, I think, Indian-inspired. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, they just wear robes. I mean, I get it. Like, it's supposed to be flowy and suitable for a hot climate. They're supposed to be Persian, I think. That, like, that's, that's my impression of what they're drawing from. Yeah. Um, and then since they also have that very fluid sexuality um that's also kind of a i don't know that's also what makes me think of persia since of course they were infamous for their um sexual shenanigans mm-hmm. has to be yeah, easily like, taken off easily taken off and also like their clothing isn't super gendered like it's just right. kind of like whatever like a girl could wear that i I mean like i think cersei's dresses are very martel inspired sometimes because they have that sort of like japanese wrap around yeah and then she puts armor on top of it right <laughs> <She puts armor laughs> on top of it. like you want to call it armor okay but you know she's she's basically wearing the same exact stuff that doran or not well that i guess doran is wearing now because he just wears it with like a lower v in the front but nobody's copying the North. Nobody's like, yeah, I really want to wear those neck waddles. <laughs> or the knotted yeah, yeah. dresses. I was going to say, because Cersei also, when uh, Marjorie comes into town, you know, she's wearing those, uh, the, the, weird, the neck, the neck, yeah. yeah, like the weird, like, oh, yeah, the, like, the, the shoulder dresses, yeah, the funnel necks, you know. I well, like all the Mar- cutouts and stuff. Those look nice. So that's what I was going to say. Like, get cutouts and, like, plunging necklines, right? Very sexualized. Aren't you cold? <laughs> can I um, can I jump in here? Sure. Because yes. um, I actually went and looked at uh, some medieval um, clothing today because I was trying to, like, think about, I don't know, like, just 
in, in, a, in a historical costuming sense, like sort of trying to contextualize this. Is it really drawing from the medieval stuff, you know, or not? And um, I think par part of what I think they might be doing with different parts of Westeros is like different um, eras of the medieval stuff. So like the North is the oldest, like, you know, least, I guess, um, fashion forward if we're yeah. talking like then and now and then what's going on in king's landing is maybe another like 50 years you know advanced and then i think what's going on with like marjorie tyrell is basically the most advanced um because just looking at the at the silhouettes um there's one that's very striking it's called the burgundian gown and basically when it came on the scene that's like what all the fashionable ladies wanted to wear you know it was, it, it was basically from then until the renaissance i think it was around 1350 that it showed up and uh it's what it is is a Gown that has that very deep plunging, you know, V-neck, and then there's a, a high belt at the waist, and then they would put like a, a bib um, to cover up the uh, the boobies and pretend it's still modest. Um, mm -hmm. But of course, like, and, and that's basically what the silhouette of every dress that Marjorie wears is, except of course she doesn't bother with modesty. She's like, what? I'm not gonna wear that bib. <laughs> oh, there's a little too much fabric here. Take some more out, you know. But I felt like that that's a very clear kind of visual expression of her kind of being fashion forward and, you know, in, in a clothing sense, you know, a little further along that path than anyone else around her. Yeah, that's Thanks interesting. For making I us sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, here's the thing Rachel told me. She's like, you know so much about historical clothing. I'm like, I know about, like, the 18th and 19th century. So let well, me do yes, some research real that's quick. that's more than we know, yeah. Elena. And just so that we can qualify this, Elena does so clothing in, you know, historical clothing. Mm -hmm. And she's also made some of Marjorie's outfits. So, yes. I, yeah. Um, and, and not, like, the cheap historical clothing where I bought the simplicity pattern, but, like, I actually went to the academic library and checked out – costuming textbooks and historical clothing guides is like let me make my own pattern because those simplicity ones are bullshit so yeah i think we should talk about armor now because i have a beef so Go for i it. so this i feel like yeah i feel like the show you know even if the message isn't as symbolic as it is in the book has attempted to stick with a you know with themes per family per region and a lot of it you know makes sense some of it's really boring because they never differ like the martels but you know it makes sense and then you get to the armor and i understand cersei's armor because it's decorative and she's supposed to be feminine so i get it her armor what is whatever and i like that they basically put brienne in men's armor because that's what she should be wearing but i don't understand two things. A, I don't understand what the fuck the sand snakes are wearing. <laughs> As we've discussed before, they're basically just wearing molded leather with boobs and nipples on them. And I don't understand what the fuck the Greyjoys are supposed to be wearing. And it's offensive. It offends me. Because they've tried so hard to tell some sort of you know, visual story with all of the armor. And then you get to these people who aren't traditionally medieval armor wearing characters. And they kind of just fall flat. Like, I don't really understand what they're trying to do with the leather armor. Cause we're, we're looking, you know, both of these families are, you know, top families, right? They're not like nobodies. And so they can afford real armor and especially the Greyjoys who would go around taking whatever they wanted would be able to have real armor. 
So just you but know. isn't the leather armor from the Greyjoys a point of view of how badass they think they are? No, because they- the Greyjoys wear regular armor because they don't fear drowning. They don't wear leather armor because they're afraid of the sea. It offends me. Now, do the Martells wear leather armor because if they wore regular armor, they would cook in the sun? I guess so. I think, like, I guess so. that's I don't a more understand. legitimate one. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, that, that, I guess that's okay, but I don't understand why they have to have nipples on them. Because even, like, when Eris Oakhart was, like, wandering around, he's like, this was a terrible idea. <laughs> Oh, what part of what part of hypersexualized didn't you get, Rachel? I mean, that's kind of the the Dorn thing, right? Like, if you don't have have nipples, like, what do you have? <laughs> they can't have they can't have plunging necklines when they're wearing armor, so they have to show their cleavage somehow. Exactly. I just don't get it. Like, to me, like, if they were going to be, I mean, we're talking about they're women and they're called the Sand Snakes, so they should be all about, uh, like, spears and horses and poisons and knives and, like, whips, right? In theory. In theory. Instead, they look like, I don't even know. They're, like, they're wearing leather armor and turbans. I mean, leather armor is hot, too, so why are they even wearing armor at all? Because there's... I have no idea. Yeah, no, it's... I just want to know why they all look like the same person, and (laughs) why... (laughs) It really bothers me. Because it's not going to matter. You're not going to know their names anyway. Exactly, but I'm just... I'm curious to see if they do anything with the writing to try and make them into different people because right now I don't have a lot of hope for it and it's I, the how how large are they the the nipples on the breastplate yes, that's how you're gonna <laughs> that one's got tiny percent. nipples so that one's definitely over can we can we yeah. change our our rating system to <laughs> the size, the size of, the of the nipples on the breastplate yes yes for season five <laughs> We we award this episode a large nipple. Large areola. Well, to be fair, that's how George describes every single woman. Not by, like, first their their breast size, then their their ass, maybe. And then, you know, their eye color. The colors of their nipple. Like, is it a Yeah. Yeah, and the color, too. That's right. Definitely true. The color, the size of the nipple, and the whole breast. So, this episode is a pink. Northwest facing, medium sized nipple. <laughs> Not very Dornish, based on George's descriptions of the Dornish. Wait, no, the Stony Dornish. They're they're the white ones. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Not the Sand Snakes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But the I, sand still does pretty, I still don't like, understand the logic of putting the Greyjoys in a matching armor. It shouldn't be matching. It should be whatever they've you know scavenged. Yeah, whatever. It's not scavenged. Taken. One. Procure. Iron price. Uh, Yeah, it should be that, and it should be fucking metal because they don't fear drowning. It's because, you know, they... That's the whole point. Rachel, they run from dogs on the show. (gasps) Yeah, I was gonna say, Rachel, this is a great you're talking about. You're lucky first you even all, have, like, a Greyjoy on screen. I know. First of all, we're not ever getting any other Greyjoys. Second, Balin Greyjoy is going to live forever. If we want to talk about a crackpot theory, I think Balin Greyjoy is a vampire. Not a reason. 
But no, we didn't. We didn't talk about why fashion doesn't change in Westeros. Yeah. Okay. Let's Ooh. talk about that really fast. Yes. Because so. it doesn't like in all the fan art and all everything that's described like 300 years ago. It it doesn't ever seem to change, and I think that that's kind of weird. It is weird. Um, my my uh my initial snarky um sort of take on that was oh because most of this is written by men and men don't think about fashion and they like oh it's a dress like good enough. Um, but I actually don't think that's true and here's why because I don't think the battle armor and like the the war technology changes either. And no, it doesn't. Um, and and one of the uh. I took a military history class in college. It was one of the best classes I took. And one of the things that I took away from it was that, like, the arms, the idea of the arms race is that, like, we are constantly developing newer, better ways to kill each other. And so every, like, weapon has, like, a corresponding development in defensive technology, such as, you know, a new type of armor or, you know, um, deciding, well, we're not going to wear armor anymore because crossbolts cut right through it. So instead we're going to focus on long range artillery where we don't have to get close enough, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to get hit. So, um, so like in, in terms of you're looking at it purely in terms of fashion, you could dismiss it as like, Oh, well, men don't think about things like that. They don't care. So, you know, that's, that's why. But then when you look at like war tech, I thought, you know, most guys kind of love that shit and would want to talk about like the, Look at this awesome new kind of sword we have, or this. Yeah, you know. George definitely falls in that category. <laughs> right, exactly. So the fact that there's no t- um, advancement there is also just—it's kind of weird. And and I don't I think mean, it's just this series. Like it's pretty much any kind of series in well, fantasy, you know. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna talk. That's when I was gonna bring up the Jamalian pants. Was that in like? Well, I mean, in, in the Can Robin you Hobbs. qualify the Jamalian pants? Well, <laughs> okay, so. In the books that we keep telling people to read every week, the Robin Hobb books. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's taken us up on that. Um, well, I mean, the characters, I the guess, fashion, I mean, Fitz, Fitz is always complaining about, like, having to be, like, forced to be wearing the latest fashion. So, like, fashion is, they're, fa- they're fashion conscious, at least. Well, I think that's an interesting point, because Robin Hobb does make a point to not only evolve her fashion, but she does evolve Vortex as well. Well, doesn't the tech, I was going to say, in regards to, like, the technology, doesn't they, do they mention, right, in the beginning they're using bronze and they're slowly incorporating other types of metals in Westeros? It has changed a little bit from, like, like 8,000 years ago. Well, this is what I'm, this is, like, my one qualm with the novels is that, like, 8,000 years, and there's no explanation as to why, like, technology has kind of been stunted well, for they, thousands we have, of years. Well, we have cannons now, right? I think that's the only... There are cannons? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm thinking of different books. There are no cannons. <laughs> I don't think there are cannons. I don't think there's gunpowder. Stannis powder. doesn't have cannons? No. Is that dragging cannons with wagons in the snow? The only thing I think has changed is maybe, like, war tactics in terms of, like, how many people are, like, in the field. Because there's something with, like... The dragons were just burning everybody. Well, right. There are no dragons anymore, so they... So they can have larger armies again. Right. But wouldn't that force people to come up with, like, new technology that they don't have, like, this, I guess, weapon at their disposal? Right. That's why I thought there were cannons it, now. It I don't think there are cannons. Oh, what were they What were they using to launch the, uh, the, the green... The green goo and the uh, the Battle of Blackwater. Oh, that's Greek fire from that's like Ottoman Empire, like no, Byzantine no, but Empire. What were they using? What were they using? It. I mean, was it like slingshots or was it like a their like hands? Cannon? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they had like trebuchets or something. Right. 
they had like the the three whores or whatever. Of course, they'd be called that. Um, okay, you're right. They don't have cannons. I just looked it up. <laughs> I made that up. Sorry, guys. There are Rachel no wants there to be cannons on the ships with the Greyjoys that will never be on the show. <laughs> Lord Quellen has cannons. I swear to God, I thought Stannis' army was dragging fucking cannons everywhere. Jeez, I don't know what book that's from. No, okay. they're just burning people. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I think at this point, because there are no dragons, or at least there's been this span of time with no dragons, that they would have had the ability to kind of change their tactics. Because if I know we always go back to these dragons as like the reason things are the way that they are. But if they are nuclear holocaust, then they are one of the reasons that technology has not advanced in Westeros. And by extension, then family relationships have not advanced and perhaps trade. I don't feel like anything has advanced. Well, that's what I mean. Like at all, right? It's yeah, it's still a feudal system for but like eight thousand cur- years. Yeah, years. but this like curiously static one, you know, like not even um, it's, it's like over exaggerated uh, sort of sameness. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and it's very strange uh, why that is. Um, but I, I think that it's. I don't think that it is beyond us to say that this lack of technological innovation is also present in their art and their fashion and the way that they um, approach politics in the books. There's just, it's a very stagnant culture on both sides of the ocean. Absolutely. Um, And I guess the question then becomes, is that um, intentional on Martin's part that they are just still doing the same things they were before or is it sort of one of those authorial blind spots where he maybe didn't quite recognize the flaw like the giant plot hole he just left someone to drive a truck through you know Mm -hmm. yeah dragons you could drive a dragon through it (laughs) (laughs) all right right well so we've talked about those let's move on to our crackpot theories so i just want to dive in because these are insane So, Roose Bolton being a vampire. Now, I want to discuss, like, what kind of vampire he is in terms of, like, you know, the random vampire shows and movies that are out there. So, like, is he a sparkly twilight vampire? Does he have, like, a daylight ring? Does he explode in a bunch of goo and he's killed, like, on True Blood? You know, like, what do we have here? Well, okay, let, let's <laughs> identify. Like, why do we think he's a vampire? Just because he has the leech thing? I have no idea. I cannot explain this theory. I I don't know. <laughs> he wears capes. Okay, all right. Let's let's just put it all together. He wears capes. He likes leeches. He's he has, pale. He is pale. He has puffy lips. He likes to flay people. That's not necessarily vampirific. No. <laughs> I'm I'm reaching here. You're reaching. <laughs> I'm giving like a classic kind of vampire, and we've seen him out in the daytime, so he must have a daylight ring of some kind. Now, who's the witch that made it for him? (laughs) Melisandre? Are they working together? Well, because she's the only witch on the show, presumably. That's true. But you, you wonder if Bruce Bolton can really be working with her if he's a vampire, because vampires have to be shielded from the light, and, you know, Relora's all about the light. Mm. I feel like there's a conflict of interest there. I'm not buying it. I I just don't get it. I don't. I feel like a vampire would be anti-leech because they, yeah. they'd want to keep all the blood for themselves. They wouldn't want a leech to suck the blood out of them. 
No, they would, like, put leeches on other people and then, like, eat the leeches. Right. But Which would be disgusting. always leeching himself. He's a, he leeches himself. <laughs> a self-leecher. So, like, maybe it's a diet thing. Like, maybe he carries the leeches around and then he, like, pops them up. He pops a few when he's hungry. So he eats his own blood? Does that work? It's, if he's a vampire, it's not really his blood. It's whoever's blood. It's just in him. So, Bruce so. Bolton is probably not a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to talk about whether Varys is a merman or and or a woman or merwoman. Can you explain the theory to me? I don't think there is a theory. I think it, it's just silly. Okay. There's nothing. There's nothing particularly mer mer about him. He, are they, he can walk. Is he because he's fat and like Wyvern is fat? Are they stereotyping? Are they being like this person? Because that's what was, I'm thinking. If he was a mer person, he couldn't walk. <laughs> he got. A, you clearly you know, didn't watch the movie The Little Mermaid. That's what okay? I was gonna say. He found his Ursula, and instead of taking his voice. <laughs> <he's> <laughs> So the person in the box is actually like his Ursula. That uh... oh my god, I hate the fucking wizard in a box. <laughs> <laughs> hate it. All right. Hate so so, so Varys is singing on a high note because he needed legs. I got it. Exactly. <laughs> what? Where did this theory come from? I wish there was some context. I don't know. No, they came from Tumblr. All of these came from Tumblr. <laughs> Well, the internet came is a from dark place. Your search, but not this one. Yeah. Well, what was the Varys is a woman theory? Is that just like, just because? Just because eunuchs don't exist, so he must be a woman. <laughs> I think because they're always talking about his like lavender scent and how he wears makeup and, and his makes, soft hands and his soft hands and it he was he was an actor, so like that's not unusual. Actors. He's actually Sarah. Um, Illyria's wife. Oh, God. <laughs> and he and Wait, she, doesn't that mean he she, doesn't have any hands? I have. Uh, this is a bad theory. Oh, okay. But so is the fact that there's a woman, so I'm going with it. But then he and, and, and Illyria would be the parents of Fagon. Oh, right. Because <laughs> Fagon is Illyria's son. <laughs> But that's yeah. not a crackpot theory. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's unusual. He's wearing that stuff. He's trying to like. He's non-threatening to the king, you know. So nobody's going to expect this guy to do anything because he kind of presents himself as this like non-threatening person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When he's actually working I think behind that's the scenes, rooted in sexism. I think that people see that he's conniving without being extremely violent, so they feminize him. Like, that's possible, yeah, but I do think it's probably also his intention to do that because he's aware of, like, inherent sexism in the, yeah. the culture. Well, let me just act a certain way, and nobody will expect that I'm plotting against the king, especially he's a eunuch. Like, I don't – can they have children? No, right? Like, that's the idea. Like, he can't no, have children. Yeah, so he's, therefore, I, he's not a threat to the king of Westeros. Right, right. There's probably a bit of that. Like, I don't I don't think it's that crazy. Like, the whole idea he's a woman, like, no, it's more so I'd say, like, it's he's playing politics, if anything. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of playing politics, there's always that theory that Howlin' Reed is Jon Snow's father. <laughs> that popular theory. Okay, so this was our, our actual, our winner person 
for our contest came up with this theory. I actually I like it because I think it's it's well thought out. Can you just explain what the theory is? So so I'm reading from from the uh, from the doc. So it says. My crackpot theory is that John is actually the son of Hal and Reed and Lyanna Stark, and Ned thought that his friend had betrayed him and never speaks of him. Rhaegar was jealous of how of Halen and stole Lyanna to fulfill the Dragon Has Three Heads prophecy, but found that she was already pregnant, so left her in the Tower of Joy, protected by the King's Guard, who were ordered to kill the child and bring Lyanna back to him. This was interrupted by Ned, who killed the King's Guard and brought John back to Winterfell with him. Shit. I don't hear I think that it's- it's easier to explain the fact that Ned never mentioned Howland Reed because he didn't want anybody to go off and talk to Howland Reed. <laughs> because I mean, Howland I'm Reed not knows. saying that like this theory is remotely plausible, but I like <laughs> that it's like well thought out. You know, like they they covered all their bases. Yeah. It's actually it's like at least probably legitimate. Logical. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's. Also related to this is the idea that Liana had twins with Howland Reed. Which is Reed. insane. However, who is <laughs> no, the she, other twin? No, no, she didn't have twins with Howland Reed. She just had twins and one is with Oh, Mira Reed. Reed. Mira Reed is the same age as John in the book. So wait, I'm least. sorry. Liana had twins. So Rhaegar and Liana had twins. Oh. And John is with Ned and there's another, there's another one. <laughs> Or was this Howlin' Reed and then, Who like, Mira's one? Who is this supposed to be? I don't know. It came from Westeros.org. <laughs> All right. Well, then we're dismissing it completely. <laughs> um, they, just want the, they just want it to be, like, Star Wars, y'all. That's all. Yeah, there's, some, yeah. there's some other theory that, like, uh, that, like, John and, and Fagon are, like, twins or some stupid thing like that. No, there's a theory that John and Fagon are switched. Oh my god. So these that, theories like, are, yeah, these theories happen when there's no books to read. Yeah. Just <laughs> okay, like so there's this idea, like everybody's like, oh, John is really Aegon, right? But it's like, what if John isn't Aegon? What if he like what if they were switched and Fagon is really Aegon and John is Fagon? Or John no, is just Jon Snow. <laughs> I think I think that's how it goes. It's like that. It's like okay. It's it's like it's like it's like the Dread Pirate Roberts versus Bassini, where he's like, "Hey, but you think that I would think that I know, so I don't know, and you know, so I switched it back. So now, therefore, I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. Exactly. I built up an immunity to Jon Snow theories, and now I can no longer be affected. (laughs) Oh fuck. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. We don't understand. <laughs> uh, what's the next theory on here? Uh, the hips theory. Which? What is, what is the hips theory that Jane was originally described as being hippie or not being hippie? I think she was originally described as having wide hips, which would be good for childbearing because. Catelyn thought that was a good thing. Okay. And then when Jamie sees her, she is described with small hips. And so the theory is that they switched her and that real Jane has a child. And the that's Hi. the heir of the North theory. It's crazy. I have an answer to this theory. 
it's the same answer when like the reason why like Tyrion all of a sudden goes from being an acrobat <laughs> to waddling or, everywhere why oh, Renly's eye changes yeah. why the horse's sex changes I think it's just George like you know forgetting things you know, it's hips, it's not nipples. He would have never forgotten the, the size and the color of Jane's nipples if there was a raw point of view. Yeah. Yeah, that would have. That, no, yeah. So, so this goes back to when George said that some of his mistakes are on purpose and some of them are actually mistakes. However, I think that even if, if this is an intentional, it's like so small. It's one Subtle. detail. Like there's no way. I mean, it is weird that he makes a point to describe the hips twice. So, I mean, I can see where people are grasping at straws. Like, whether or not Jane is out there with an heir to the north, like... Who cares? Well, one, who cares, but also, like, plausible. I don't think that you need a weird hip theory to keep that going. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you do only because, obviously, if she was not switched they would know that she had a child no what if she sent the child off somewhere but she would have had to have had the child and it hasn't been that long it hasn't i feel like it's been long enough no but i don't think it had been that long when jamie saw her again i think she i don't think she would have had the child yet oh and as someone who's somewhat recently given birth, I can say it takes a good couple months to go back to your normal size. And I don't think like she would have skinny yeah. hips if she had just given birth. <laughs> That's true. All right, plausible. Crackpot theory, plausible. Moving on. What's next? Not inconceivable. Jojen paste. So ah, Jess. Jess's favorite. Go. My favorite. The Jojen smoothie. Yes. So the theory is that, was it, Blood Raven gives Bran this paste and he says, you have to eat this. And Bran doesn't want to because there's, like, these red little, like, veiny stuff, like, in it. And so the theory is that, like, I guess it's, like, the sap from the weirwood tree. But they're, like, well, it's – and then Mira and Jojen don't appear on screen ever again in yeah. A Dance of Dragons. So the theory is that, like, it's actually Jojen because he was talking about, like, dying earlier in the book. And then we don't see them for the rest of the book. And then Bran is really hesitant to eat the paste. And also this idea of, like – um like cannibals, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't think it's true. So I, I just think just, it's people reaching. I just want to interject and not say, and say that I didn't know that this was a crackpot theory because I just thought that that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crackpot. Like I was reading it like, oh shit, he's eating Jojen. And now everyone's telling me that this is a crackpot theory. But was it disproved when Jojen got stabbed by a skeleton in the show? Or we just. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It could not disprove because they killed him, so now he gets to be a smoothie. But they also had the stupid child of the forest throw a fireball at him, so now he's kind of a little singed. <laughs> because Bran's gonna be eating the paste and go, This is really well done. Yes, that's how you get the that's how you get those vitamins out. <laughs> that's where that nice caramel flavor com- flavoring comes from. It's uh good and crispy. Mm. Well, because there's like this I mean Bran, or Bran, uh, Jojen goes on and on and on about how he's reached the end of his usefulness, that he will, that he, you know, he's going to die soon, that this is the end of his journey, blah, 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 and then he disappears, and then there's this weird pace. I just, like, 
It and there's a like... lot of cannibalism going on in that book anyway. So I was just looking. I was like, that person. The prologue person. of The Winds yeah. of Winter will be Jojen Reed and <laughs> so... Jane Westerling. And they will be hanging out together with her son. As, as, as a complete outsider to this argument, I'm going to say that so far, Rachel's winning it because that sounds so plausible. No, yeah, there's a lot of cannibalism going on. I'm just, you know, it just made yes, sense. The Sens are not cannibals in the book. Just saying. No, those are the people on Skagos, which they've <laughs> melded. They've melded the Sens and the people from So Skagos. does that mean Rickon's going to be with the Sens? Who's yeah. Rickon? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> joke, kind of. Joke, joke, joke. Well, we do a Rick and watch with our our recap, so. <laughs> is he still <laughs> missing? <laughs> I award well, this episode zero Rickon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just going to be having a Stark watch for season five because they're not going to appear at all. Except for Arya. Right. She's, she's not a Stark. She's no one. She's no one. Yeah. She's nobody. Sorry. She's guys. no one. Sansa isn't really Sansa, and. Jon Snow isn't a Stark anyway. Yeah. Spoilers, so. Elena. <laughs> He's the um, son of Helen Reed. We yeah. Well, I mean, in the sense that uh, Ramsay Bolton is now officially a Bolton as opposed to Ramsay Stone, um, or Ramsay Snow, Snow, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, Jon John Snow is definitely not a Stark. Um, Plus but, he's the son of Helen Reed. <laughs> But if he's Lyanna's daughter, he's still a Stark. I mean, bloodline-wise, so genetically. Yeah, sure, okay. He's a daughter. Is he like Barris and also? Don't tell, don't tell Catelyn. <laughs> she may come back from the dead to. No, she doesn't do that, Jess. I know. <laughs> but was... Yeah, that, that's also why there's no Starks on the Stark Watch because there's no. Uh, there's no Lady Stoneheart. Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. Did you guys see that picture of? The Stoneheart cosplayer with D and D was that a real thing or did someone Photoshop that? Oh God, I have not seen it. I'm gonna look for it though. Um, uh, what's next the next? Yeah, next, next crack. Oh, okay, Helen, look at Helen it. Reed is the High Sparrow. Helen Reed is the High Sparrow. Now I put this on here because everybody laughs at me, but I also think that this is like a legit. Thing. Well, that that uh, that okay, keep a guy tried to convince me of that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't help me. <laughs> I just don't understand why people don't like. Okay, first off, Helen Reed is somewhere, right? There's, it, there's it's, he's like Batman. Like, not like, too many people talk about him <laughs> and wonder about him. Helen. To me, he's 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 too like his his absence is too felt in the narrative for him to not be alive and somewhere. And we know that George likes to disguise these you know people as other characters now does he actually like to do that or is that all in our heads no it's not all in our heads actually revealed anybody to be someone else yes people john connington who will never be in the show john connington and uh ashara dane ashara dane has not actually been confirmed (laughs) and um (laughs) No, I think it's all in our heads. Dark Star, or what? There's something going on in Dorne. I don't remember. Dark Star is Howland Reed, <laughs> <laughs> and that guy. Oh God, what's his name? Um, that guy, that guy, that guy that was a loot player, and he was actually the king of the forest. Oh, 
Uncle Benji. Mance Raider is really Uncle Benji. No, I'm kidding. That, that was my crackpot theory yeah, from, like, season really one. Cold hands. Cold hands. A lot of different people no, but none of, other people. But, but most of those have not been confirmed. Most of those are crackpot theories. They are not crackpot, okay? <laughs> no, what they are is they're, a, they're, they're Schrodinger's pot. Like, the, the pot's still in the air, and we're waiting for it to fall and then come up cracked or not cracked. But, you know, right now it's it's both and neither. And Syria was jacking, and exactly. Euron is, is everybody. We're getting and to Dario that. Syria is everybody. Well, can we talk about Euron sneaking into Essos <laughs> Steel Danny by posing as a dusky woman? Because that's the best thing ever. <laughs> so okay, I put this on there because I was just doing some idle like searching for like good ones to like add to our list. And I was, like, going through, and I was like, wait, Euron is posing as the dusky woman? I've heard that before. It's insane. <laughs> so. But, you talk about the fact that that means that Victorian is having sex with his brother. No, I think that's the point. It's, like, people really <laughs> wanted Euron and Victorian to have sex. You've so clearly they... never been on AO3 in the fanfic section. There's a lot of Euron Greyjoy, Victorian Greyjoy fanfic out there. He I may know? have read some. Yeah. So. No, he wouldn't know because he's very uptight. Well, this is a this this is a, a prestige moment. Like you have to you have to live that lie so thoroughly. Nobody can ever penetrate it. So you know, one of them knows that he's having sex with his brother, and the other doesn't. Right, and we know that Euron is a perv, and that he'll do it, do whatever. And also, maybe he's he's has some glamour because he has uh, you know magic. And so he's not really just posing as the dusky woman. Maybe he is the dusky woman. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that he can. So the, the crux of this theory is that Euron wants to reveal himself at an opportune moment in order to see Victorian <clears throat> cast low or go and. So Victorian is has saved Danny in the naval battle outside of Marine shows up in, in her court with a dusky woman yep. who then reveals himself to be Euron and is like, Danny, my queen, I'm going to take you back to Westeros. By the way, Victorian, I've totally been sleeping with you for the past <laughs> several months. I oh too share your hatred of monkeys. <laughs> it seems totally legit. Totally. Or, this is my favorite crackpot, by the way. <laughs> or it's not your own at all. It's just a monkey. <laughs> oh, my God. And they're getting their revenge. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh the eighth God. book, Planet of the Apes. God. <laughs> I feel like if we ever do meet George again, this is the, we're going to go with one crackpot theory. <laughs> To ask him about, this is it. Is your aunt right really posing as the dusky woman? Yes. And he'll just probably laugh and one, just like, one blink they figured it out. For no. This, this <laughs> is the thing that, that people have figured out. <laughs> so, well, also there's a theory that Danny is actually um, gay or bi. Um, and so, like, maybe she would actually be willing to run off with Euron if Euron is still looking like the dusky woman. <laughs> I may, I still maintain, like, my money's on a Dana Sansa, on a Sansa Danny uh, ending up on the Iron Throne together at the end oh, of this. Oh, so that's just, interesting. 
we came up with that like ages ago. It's a joke, but like, I don't know. It's still, I still see it as plausible because Sansa's a survivor. She'll, you know, she rolls with anything. And, uh, somehow and just she can make Danny some through. new dresses in black. Exactly. And red with feathers <laughs> and dragon Whatever. scales. Whatever weird color you need. Yeah. Weird weird. <laughs> um, so yeah, Euron is sneaking into Essos. <laughs> by posing as a dusky woman and is there any actual like evidence to that theory when you found it the evidence is that the reason he doesn't talk is because the glamour doesn't affect his voice oh okay because they haven't invented voice changers yet no again the little mermaid this happens to ariel (laughs) okay so you're telling me that the same Ursula that turned Varys into a merman, merwoman, mer something, also turned, turned Euron, or no, from a mer person into a human with legs, turned Euron into the dusky woman. No, and just took away the voice so you, well, you can, you can flirt with your brother, we'll give you all the feminine tools except your voice. Well, right, right. His payment for becoming the dusky woman was losing yeah. his voice. And, and having to sleep eye. with and, well, he has to restore and, his eye so that he can, true. you know, really pass. And like sleeping with his brothers. <laughs> well, you know, there is the creaking door theory where he already did stuff to Aaron, so oh. it was him, right? Not Victorian. I forget. <laughs> I forgot about that, the creaking door theory. You know what? Let's move on from the Greyjoys. They make me upset sometimes. <laughs> Do we want to go back to your theory about Helen Reed? Because we didn't actually discuss it. I don't think that it's a crackpot theory. I think it's true. I think that Helen Reed is disguised as someone else, and the High Sparrow works because of the whole northern plot, you know, idea. that I feel he's, he's trying to undermine the, the southerners. Yeah, so he's attempting to undermine the su- southern politics in order to make them vulnerable to attacks from the north. I would be okay with it because I want okay. Helen Reed to show up at some point and just like scream at Helen- the top of his lungs in the middle of King's Landing. Jon Snow is a secret Targaryen. <laughs> <laughs> How has he described his like look, his appearance? Anybody know the high school? Well, nobody knows what Helen Reed looks like either. It's like the muddy eyes or some nonsense like that. And like, how he's not very tall and he's kind of yeah. Like That's the high sparrow they say that for. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wait, that's the Helen Reed right there. I, I'm exactly. <laughs> okay, I have another upsetting theory. Okay. And that theory is that Gendry doesn't matter. Is that your theory, or did that's, you find that theory? That's my theory. That's my theory, too. Well, he's still rowing, so he doesn't matter. Well, everybody thinks that he's either going to team up with Jon Snow, or, like, you know, like, that they're going to, like, bro up the way that Robert and Ned broed up. Uh, but I don't think it's true. I think that Gendry doesn't matter. Well, I mean, how would Gendry actually matter? Well, a lot of people think that somehow he's ended up in Essos and maybe he'll either team up with John when John ends up in Essos, however <laughs> the hell that's going to happen. Or... Are these show people or book people? I don't know. I because, can't tell the difference because, when they're on Tumblr. Because Gendry is in the Riverlands in the books. Yeah, but now he's but now he's gone. Brotherhood. But now they're no, gone. They've no. dispersed. But he was, the last we saw him was at the end at the crossroads when they sent Brienne to Stoneheart. I think. Right. So. So he's still hanging out with Stoneheart? He's probably like, I'm done with this shit. I'm just gonna like. 
settled down in this forest right here. With Nymeria? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brushing her fur every night. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's a good one, you guys. I want to skip down. Um, we're going to go back to Danny's entire story as a hallucination. Yeah, but what first, the hell is that <laughs> First, I want to go to King Robert's head is what is <laughs> under Robert Strong's helmet. Wait, okay. I can sure. totally see Cersei doing that. <laughs> so, uh, I, I believe that's true. I t- I'll take that crackpot theory. See, I like the idea that there is nothing under the helmet, that he doesn't have a head, that it's just a helmet. Yeah. Wait, it's a head that's just a head that doesn't, like, operate like a normal head would. Well, did they preserve his head? Is it rotting? I think there's no head. I think he is like Jack the Pumpkin King. Like, there's. Oh no, I'm saying that the theory that King Robert's head is there. Like, how is that possible? Because it's Cersei, and it's just it's a kick. Because Robert Strong, I guess, like the name. It's like her own personal like inside joke that only she gets. (laughs) This is this is what I wanted Robert to be like, and. I just imagine somebody like, knocks the head over, and then like Robert's like, head is just, dead. <laughs> just dead. So I'm pretty sure that Elena doesn't know who Robert Strong is. Nope. nope. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. So you know, hey, it's it's so it's so oblique to me. It's like earmuffs. So it's it's cool. Yeah, Carry yeah. On. So he's basically just a really tall guy who has a helmet and doesn't speak and never takes the helmet off. And people think that's totally normal. <laughs> Nobody questions because, it. Because, no, it's ridiculous. Because even, like, they're talking, is it Kevin that's talking about it or someone talking to Kevin? And they're like, this is totally fine. Yeah, he's but on he the does- King's Guard. He's on the King's Guard. He's a giant who, who, ha- who never takes his helmet off and can't speak. He just kind of, like, nods at people. And he comes from the crypts. That's, like, where he's from. And no one has a problem. Oh, but this is why we need the Kevin point of view. <laughs> I, or, I mean, you know. Whoops. It all depends um, on the introduction. Like, you have to you have to carry on as, as you, uh, you have to begin as you mean to carry on. And if he came in, like, never saying anything and, like, I don't know. How did he tell people he was in the King's Guard? So, how did he get there? But he's just always there. Right? Well, so, he's, he's definitely a Frankenstein monster, I think. So, yeah. Ursula. Look <laughs> <laughs> his head. Oh, God. <laughs> Ursula is going to sit on the Iron Throne, guys. So, so, so this, this random guy's like, God, I really just really want to be on the King's Guard. And Ursula <laughs> comes and says, well, I can do that for you, but I need your head. Yes. <laughs> She's building her own Frankenstein monster. She's got, uh, <laughs> <Your Varys's> eye. <laughs> <Varys is> big. <laughs> and, and the Euron's voice. Euron's voice, yes. And his eye. Don't forget his eye. <laughs> I don't know why she needed another eye. <laughs> well, she already had <laughs> She had all ahead. <laughs> she needed the third eye so that it could be a <laughs> Okay. I have to say, you guys, I think this is our best episode yet. <laughs> speaking of... Speaking of... Third eyes. <laughs> Patch face? Patchface is the real Aegon. I know, I know, I know. Oh, oh, oh. This I don't feel is too, too weird. Like, you know, he supposedly came from under the sea, which is our connection back to Ursula. And (laughs) 
he's seen something. I want to be a real boy. Okay. He's seen <laughs> some things at the bottom of that ocean. Ursula and, <laughs> and Sebastian. That's why he likes. That's why he likes status. <laughs> he doesn't like status. I apologize to everyone who's still listening. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's not that weird. Like, Patchface, like, why, you know, he's got, is it a birthmark? Is it scarring? It, you know, like, is he mentally ill or is he just schizophrenic? Could that be because he is probably um, inbred somehow or part dragon or a secret Targaryen? Everyone's a secret Targaryen. Especially Patchface. Especially Patchface. The color of his eyes. I don't know. I don't okay, but how how old is Patchface? Isn't Patchface like he's like, older? Yeah, but the real Aegon is not. The real well, he's got to be at least he's older than Shireen. I thought he was like twenties or something. I don't know. I thought the fool was like an eighty-five-year-old man. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> well, now also, he looks it. There's also an idea that Hodor is the real Aegon. Which that's, is that's silly. That's just, you know. Or Go back to the drawing board first. No, but George that. did say that Hodor's that Hodor is going to mean something. But we discussed that. That's the secret to ending winter. winter. Because he's a Targaryen? No, because he's, he's the next thing that's going to be made into paste. <laughs> and then Bran will save everything. Yeah, Hodor. Because he ate Hodor. Yeah. It's a lot of Hodor that's to like, eat, so. That's like the, the, is that like eating a mushroom in a Mario Brothers where like suddenly you get superpowers? <laughs> <laughs> all that, all that intelligence that Hodor was storing up by not speaking any other word is going to give Bran all these special powers. <laughs> well, that's what Hodor gave to Ursula. <laughs> what? His intelligence? His intelligence. Alright so guys, I don't like this conversation. <laughs> Well, there's also the Hodor as a secret Frey, because his real name is Waldor, theory. But I, I don't know what that gets I us. I still think that Hodor is the descendant <laughs> of Ser Duncan the Tall. That's like a good, solid... Yeah, I like that theory. Yeah. Me too. That's a nice, you know... An old man was like his uh, lover? Was that... His own, not like, not Hodor, like Duncan's <laughs> lover. Duncan's lover, yes. And so like, old man is like uh, her... It's not as her nephew, it's her son. Oh, no, like idea? her great grandson or something. Yeah, say, She's really she old. Really old. <laughs> and Dunk's been dead a while. Dunk. <laughs> a little bit, for a little bit. Uh, um, let's see. What's uh, what is this little finger? Is a bastard Tully? Nonsense? All right. So there's this idea <laughs> that the reason that um, Hoster was so disgusted by um, Lysa hooking up with Littlefinger was because he's actually his bastard, and that's why he forced Lysa. the abortion. Yeah, that's awful. Now I don't know how they're like. You know, it's weird that because there is. Uh, when people are not Targaryens, there is a taboo against incest. But you'd think right. that if your ruling class is into it, that everybody else would be okay with it. But I guess that's because they rejected the Targaryens. 
I don't yeah. know. It's, it's interesting. So like that's why, and also it's, it explains why Littlefinger was a um, award there at all, since he's like from Nowheresville with like some like two sheep and like. That's nothing. true. Yeah, yeah. How did he get to? Yeah, Nowheresville. Yeah. That's that's a good question. You know. Maybe he is a bastard, Tully. So then he's really just also into incest, and that's yeah, why he's a Catelyn and Sansa too. Well, he just <laughs> loves himself a lot, is all. But well, we know, or is this the uh, is this the whole like same problem that you have with the the like Oedipus and the self fulfilling yeah, prophecy? Yeah, he doesn't know. You know, if if he doesn't if if he doesn't know who his true parents are, how how does he know who to avoid? You know, in order not to uh, commit incest or you know kill his mother or whatever. Right, right. I mean, and it also kind of makes his a never ending quest to sort of be a lord that much sadder. Yeah. He would be the son of Foster Tully. Well, but the bastard son of Foster Tully. Right, but if he had been a legitimate son of bastard or bastard Tully, <laughs> <laughs> a legitimate son of of Foster Tully, then he would have inherited because he's male. Yes. Because assuming he's older than Edmure. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, Edmure's the youngest, isn't he? That's yeah. true. So, you know, I don't know. That That's another crackpot theory that's not actually not so far-fetched and actually explains a few things. And I like the crazy theories that actually kind of make you go, oh, that kind of ties up some ends. Like yeah, you're on posing as the dusky woman. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, George is not doing it, so you might as well have fans <laughs> wrap up things nicely. Uh-huh. So Stannis leading an army of White Walkers. Not happening. Yeah, I mean, he's already pledged himself to R'hllor. I don't see the White Walkers helping him out. Well, he's a secret agent of the White Walkers, like Jojen. Oh, is that? Are they still saying that in the um, Unsullied Swords? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I haven't gone back since he got stabbed by a skeleton. <laughs> 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 All right, and our very last crockpot theory is that Danny's entire storyline is a hallucination, and that she never left the house with the red door. What does that get us? <laughs> Lots of laughs. I just think it's, I think it, I don't know, I guess, I think it just lives on, like, the part of the internet that hates Danny a lot. So, does she eventually wake up at the very end of the book, and it's like, I should really go to Westeros, and then she gets on the boat, and she goes to Westeros? Maybe, because it's, it's a lot closer than... Except Viserys is alive, right? Or, or I, who knows? Maybe Viserys is dead. We don't know what's true if she's just hallucinating. But I really think that it's it's got two roots: one, of, you know, people hating Danny, and two, Targaryens are crazy. So. Well, I mean, it can't possibly be true because if Danny's storyline is a hallucination, the entire thing is a hallucination because they are, you know, commenting on everything that's going on with her. But they she are, never actually gets there. <laughs> No, but they are aware of dragons, and they are aware that Viserys is dead, and they are aware that she has married uh, Drogo, and that she is with child. So right, and they're trying to send assassins, and they're you know worried about about her and what she's doing, you know, in Westeros. That kind of makes it, yeah, that 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 torpedoes that. It does. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for crackpot theories, guys. Which one was your favorite? The dusty woman is your (laughs) arm. 
Um, Ursula the Sea Witch, secretly like living at the bottom of a whatever the Westeros OCC is. That's my favorite. <laughs> the one that we created by going is, is Ursula yes, the, yes. the Sunset Sea or the Narrow Sea? Oh, good question. But yeah, but that's that's the gestalt of this uh, discussion. Is Ursula is part of Westeros, and that's a that's the best theory of them all. So, all right, that's it for Crackpot theories. Um, thank you, Elena, for telling us a little bit about historical fashion and making us seem a little bit smarter than we usually Absolutely. Do. Uh, my pleasure. I appreciate everyone putting up with my uh, coughing and horrible voice. No, so. thanks for guessing when you feel sick. Yeah. Well, what else is I going <laughs> to do tonight? Feel miserable? To nonsense. Yeah. yeah. We hope That's we part of my day. We hope you didn't spoil you too much. Um, Look, with all the crazy shit y'all were flinging at the wall, <laughs> I have no idea what's you real. You have no clue, so. right? We did it on purpose. You don't even know. Exactly. Ursula so is showing up in season six. <laughs> I just want you to be right, so I am. I am in the end still unsullied, despite my best efforts to the contrary. <laughs> all right. Well, we're, I'm going to end us with our um, outro to... Our toast to Jon Snow. So to Jon Snow, may your to mother, John. may your father not be hell in real. To Jon Snow. To Jon Snow. Or to John Reed. To John Reed. To John Reed and his queen consort, Ursula. <laughs> or you're on Greyjoy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. And so he broke that sacred oath, that lord of the crossing. And now the bi-crusts cover his kin, and they're so good to eat. Yes, now the bi-crusts cover his kin, revenge it tastes so sweet. Harrenhal is such a happy place. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, you guys. And then it'll be like a um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and like again, that's a silly place. Let us that's, not go there. That's a silly place. You know what he's there? gonna do? He's gonna show her the portals. Yes. What if what we're if gonna go fingers, see the worm? Does we're gonna, gonna say, see the wormholes of Westeros? Yeah. Well, I'm, to, that's what I'm saying. To be I'm able saying, to teleport. Yeah, I'm saying that he got his teleportation abilities from Ursula. I just don't know what he gave her. Um, his accent? His, uh, <laughs> his original His accent. ability to have a consistent accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's talk like a pirate day. All the time. <laughs> Maybe he's really your on. Best podcast ever. That was magical.